Right. So when you're celebrating your 25th anniversary, you're going to think back to your wedding day and you're going to think, you know what? It was perfect from beginning to end. It was perfect. That's what you want to hear. That's what you want to think about. You don't want to think, oh, yeah. And then and then a uh, cousin Billy, he dropped the rings. Oh, my gosh. Welcome to Dancing Cowboy Radio. Adam the Dancing Cowboy is the resident DJ and dance instructor at the Rodeo Club in San Jose. Adam is passionate about country music, country dancing, and helping people find top-notch vendors for their country weddings. Subscribe for show notes and reminders at dancingcowboy.com radio. And now, here's your host, Adam the Dancing Cowboy. Welcome to Dancing Cowboy Radio. My name's Adam. They also call me the Dancing Cowboy, hence the name Dancing Cowboy Radio. Before we start, though, I do want to invite you to text all your friends, the ones that like Tori McGee or Janis Joplin. If you have some engaged friends, those would also be great people to invite because we are going to be talking to a wedding minister about how to pick the right one. A little bit about myself. I have been a country music listener pretty much all my life. My dad used to make me listen to Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard, before I knew who they were, driving around in his 1977 Westphalia. It was a great time. I didn't like it then, but flash fast forward to high school, and I actually started liking country. And uh, so I've been listening ever since. You know, some of my favorites are Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson, George Strait, of course, the king. Uh, I've been dancing for about 20 years now. That kind of blew me away that I realized that. And I've been DJing weddings for about seven years now. And before that, I actually worked uh, 12 years at KRTY. So I've known uh, one of my guests for quite a while. A little bit uh, overview on this show. We're going to talk about three different things. We're going to talk about my love of country music, my love of country weddings, and making sure people have a good wedding, and also country dancing. In today's show, we're going to talk to Tori McGee. She's always a favorite to chat with. She's always got some fun stories. As well, today we're going to talk with Reverend Indiana Al from KRTY. He's one of my buddies, and I've known him for at least 16 years now. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Thank you for joining. We'll be right back after this with local singer-songwriter Tori McGee. You're listening to Dancing Cowboy Radio on 1590 KLIV. This is Dancing Cowboy Radio, where Adam talks about country music, country weddings, and country dancing. For show notes and reminders, go to dancingcowboy.com slash radio. And now, let's get back to the show. Here's your host, Adam the Dancing Cowboy. Welcome back to Dancing Cowboy Radio. And on our first show, we're going to talk with local country artists who's played at bars, restaurants, and clubs all over the Bay Area. She's recorded an album and has been working on another. She's played at the Rodeo Club, opening for people like A Thousand Horses, Clay Walker, and Drake White. Ladies and gentlemen, Tori McGee. Hello, hello. Hey, thank you for coming on to our uh, first show on Dancing Cowboy Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's good to hear from you. Uh, yeah, you too. Sharing uh, the stage with you at Dance on the Avenue was uh, a lot of fun over the past few years. Yeah, that's always a really fun event. I missed you last year, though. I know, I know. I had a wedding already. They they tried to get me a little too late. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So uh, we have we have talked in the past. We have done a, an interview before. And I wanted to actually uh, pick up from that one. And uh, if you remember, we talked about uh, random 
songs that our parents sang to us. Remember 99 Bottles of Beer on the Wall? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you you, say, you talked about some, uh, what was it, a new moon or something like that? Uh, or good, good Night Moon of, or something? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Moon. Mr. Moon, that's <laughs> right, Mr. Moon. So you said if we ever talked again, you would have to sing me the crocodile song. So I need to hear the crocodile song. What's that one about? Oh, gosh. Okay, so it's um, the nursery rhymes, I swear. Like, some of the ones that we grew up with are terrifying if you go back and listen to them as adults. So um, it's this lady who rode away on a crocodile, and the crocodile ate her. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, and it was one of my favorites. I don't know why. I loved it. Um, I can I can definitely sing it for you if you want. No, no, that's okay. I was just kidding on that part. <laughs> but uh, but as far as random things, I do I do actually have a question that I that I was interested in. Um, so okay. something random that's happened to you at a gig, like so. Let me give you kind of the, the level of random. So for example, a few months ago, I forgot my pants. Um, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but usually I load in all my equipment while wearing shorts and then I switch into pants, you know, for the show. So Mm -hmm. I realized luckily that I forgot my pants and a groomsman happened to have the same size and an extra pair of pants for me to wear. So, so that's, that's kind of, that's kind of like the level. What, what, uh, what wacky thing has happened to you at a gig? Uh, well, I remember I was playing a show in San Jose, actually, and um, I have a couple pairs of really cool uh, lace pants. Like, the entire material is lace, except, like, kind of a shorts underneath that are built into the pants, you know? Okay. Um, and they weren't too small or anything, so I really don't know what did it. I think I must have stepped on the bottom of one pant leg with my other foot. And when I went to move, rip, just completely up the seam, the whole entire, oh, yeah. And this was in, like, the first set, and I still had two more to go. Oh, so So, during the show. Oh, Oh, wow. During the show, during the show, just complete, I mean, I'm talking probably a foot, maybe a foot and a half worth of just ripped seam inside of my pants. Wow. (laughs) Inner thigh, super great. Don't know how I was able to pretty much like hide it the entire. I was going to say, how how did you recover on that one? <laughs> magic, Adam. <laughs> Sheer prayer and magic. <laughs> well done. Okay. Well, that's that's definitely got mind beat. Wow. Well done on that. <laughs> so recently, I saw you had a, a chance to sing the national anthem at the Shark Tank. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's um, that like? They actually just called me last week, too. I'll be singing there again on the 27th. But um, it's so much fun. I've always been a huge Sharks fan. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, they they called me last season to just do one game. I had been trying and trying to get into sing the anthem for the Sharks games just because I love them so much. And uh, luckily, last year, they gave me a call, and they were like, oh, I'm assuming they're thinking, oh, she's not terrible. Maybe we'll have her back. (laughs) 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 So they have had me back, uh, I think, four times for four games so far this season, and uh, I'll be doing my fifth right after Christmas. Awesome. So what is that that like? I mean, I have to imagine, you know, there's no music, so it's got to be a little bit nerve-wracking. I feel like it's probably jarring for people that don't sing all the time or aren't freaks like me that don't really get so nervous. Um, 
I've, I've been doing anthems for sporting events and stuff ever since I was little. So, uh, I mean, up through high school, I, you know, sang the anthem for my high school graduation and for football games and basketball games and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, for NASCAR and, and uh, things like that where I'm really used to it, it, it can be nerve-wracking, I think, for a lot of people because there is no music, so you have to keep your own tempo, try not to rush, try not to slow it down too much and stay on key and all of those things. Uh, I think the hardest thing about the Sharks games are right before, right after they announce you, uh, it's like a tradition, right, where the people in the tank yell out the other team. So, like, if, you know, we're playing the Pens or something, they're like, hey, Penguins, and then everyone screams, you suck. Oh. standing there, ready to sing right after they announce your name. Oh, Tori McGee in the national anthem. And then all of a sudden you hear the entire arena scream, you suck. <laughs> they have to warn all the singers before, hey, if you've never been to a shark game before, this is just part of what happens. It's yeah, not this is how they do you, it. It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> it's just that's the timing of it. So I'm sure that's jarring for people. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to hear, thing you, for sure. Is, you suck you know, before you even sing. Right, it's the weirdest anthem uh, precursor that I've experienced, but I'm used to it now. <laughs> there you go. Well, we're actually going to put uh, a link to one of those performances in our show notes, uh, so oh, people get a chance to see that. Pick a good one. <laughs> oh, we will. We will. I'll, I'll I'll dig through. So the last few years seem to be all about collaboration. You know, you have Florida Georgia Line and BB Rexa and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Who would you like to collaborate with on a song? Uh, this is like if I could pick anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, you know, dream list. Okay. Um, I think uh, uh, since, since I was little, I've always been in love with Stevie Nicks. So if I could collaborate with her on some, uh, you know, level, I would be able to melt into a puddle and die completely happy. Um, <laughs> as far as country artists, I think the male-female duet thing is um, awesome. And I think it, it So which which male artist would well. you pick? I think I would either pick Brett Eldridge or Drake White. Okay. Those... I love them both. Uh, both their styles are great, and both are phenomenal musicians. Yeah, they both have that uh, bluesy sound and just uh, yeah, easy-to-listen-to voices, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So something that, uh, that it's been talked about a lot in, in music these days is you know the revenue from your music um, is kind of going like has a downward trend due to streaming and that sort of thing. So what are some mm -hmm. of the ways that you kind of creative ways that you make money as a musician these days? How, how do, how do people do it? Cause it seems like, you know, you're not making as much through the streams. You know, I think, I think for several years now, concerts have kind of been the main uh, income for artists and even huge artists too. Right. Cause they're making uh, not a lot, the percentage of their streams are the same as anyone else. They're just, you know, getting way more streams than the not as well known. But um, so concerts for sure, what the venue pays, um, merchandise has become a huge thing too. If you have cool merch, then uh, most of the time, a lot of that money goes right back into your pocket, which is pretty cool. Um, and then I know physical copies of things aren't as big as they used to be back when I had a million CDs in my car in high school, but Sure. Um, you know, vinyl is making a real big comeback. I did and, notice, uh, yeah, even Amazon carries it now. Yeah, yeah, like full-size full, full size LPs and then just the little 45s are making um, a giant comeback, too. I mean, Brett Eldridge, again, like, I went out of my way to purchase his 
Christmas album on vinyl just to have kind of that vintage, like warm and fuzzy uh, feeling around this time of year. Because I have a record player and I listen to records every day gotcha. um, in my house. But um, okay. well, yeah, I mean, mostly merch. Okay. Well, I do have one last question. And um, and then we'll we'll wrap this up. But do you have any fun gigs coming up that we need to know about? Um, well, I mean, the Sharks Anthem is a pretty fun gig. Uh, we're going to try to get a lot of really cool festivals and stuff next year. Uh, but more exciting than that, there's brand new music that's going to be coming out in January. So I'm really excited about it. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff that hopefully will line up some really, really fun gigs, too. Okay. Well, very cool. Well, it was great chatting with you today. And as with all our guests, we'll include uh, your website and social links in our show notes at dancingcowboy.com slash radio. I want to thank you, Tori. Cool. Thanks, Adam. You're welcome. You have a great day. Yeah, you too. This is Dancing Cowboy Radio, where Adam talks about country music, country weddings, and country dancing. For show notes and reminders, go to dancingcowboy.com slash radio. And now, let's get back to the show. Here's your host, Adam, the Dancing Cowboy. Welcome back to Dancing Cowboy Radio. In our next segment, we're going to talk with a local legend. He's been on air for over 20 years at KRTY, and actually 12 of them we work together. He's emceed many events and most recently started officiating weddings. Ladies and gentlemen, Reverend Indiana Al. Hey, Adam. How you doing, buddy? How's it going, Al? I'm doing all right. Thanks for thanks for having me on your show. You're welcome. Thanks for being part of the first one. Um, it's an honor to be on the air with you. And uh, with all the stories we've shared in passing, I couldn't pass up a chance uh, to chat with you about it. Oh, man, I have a lot of stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. So I think I was actually there for the first one. Uh, but how did you get started as a wedding minister? Um, I became a, a minister back in 2012. Um, I was asked from a, a friend of mine, um, you might know him, uh, Kevin the bartender. Kevin the bartender is known all over the country scene. He's he's was a bartender at Cheers and uh, the old Saddle Rack and the Rodeo Club and C&Js and all that stuff. And just randomly one day he comes up to me and he says, hey, hey, Al, um, you know, as you know, Chrissy and I are getting married and we would really like for you to uh, do the wedding. And at first I was like, dude, I- I'm a DJ. I'm a radio guy. I don't I don't know how to do that. And he goes, no, 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 you know, you, there's a class that you could take, you know, and, and uh, you get certified and you get, you know, uh, ordained and, and you become a minister. And I was like, are, are you sure? Does Chrissy know you're doing this? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, yeah, we want that. We want you to do it. So um, I wanted to make sure that I did it and I did it right. So um, I went to the library. I checked out books. I went to uh, um, Barnes and Nobles and checked out books. I studied. I went online at different websites. How to be a um, minister. How to be a minister, <laughs> how to do it right. You know, I, I learned the laws of the Santa Clara County. Um, I got ordained through three different ministries wow. uh, because I wanted to make sure that, um, if you think about it, uh, a wedding, you know, is the most important day of their life, you know, and I wanted to do it right. I didn't want to go up there and screw things up yeah, and ruin, be... ruin the memory, you know. <laughs> That'd be bad. That, that's important. You know, you don't want to ruin the memory, you know, for... You know, most little girls, you know, they they start thinking about their wedding when they're playing with Barbies and Barbie marries Ken for the first time. You know, and when they're they're playing, you know, at home with their little dolls, they start thinking about their wedding. And, and they say, how is it going to be? What is it going to be? You know, they start dreaming of their wedding when they're kids. And I didn't want to ruin that. So I studied up on it. 
I learned what the traditions are. I learned what the laws were. I learned all that stuff. And then uh, I my first wedding was uh, Kevin the bartender and Chrissy. Um, yeah, that was a that was a beautiful day. I remember there yeah, was. Uh, it was over at uh, Lovers Point in Monterey. Yeah, was yeah. there a mixing of the wine or something like yeah, that? Yeah, there involved? was a, yeah. a blending of the wine uh, for their mm-hmm. unity ceremony. Um, unity ceremonies are very important. They're very beautiful. Um, and, you know, it's it's one person and the other person coming together. You know, and so you're uniting them as husband and wife. And so they had a, a blending of wines. So it, yeah, it, definitely it, fitting for uh, for Kevin the bartender. Yeah, it worked out great. It was awesome. Yeah, very cool. So why why would someone want to hire a professional wedding officiant instead of just having, you know, like their brother or their best friend or well, that seems to be like a trend right now. You know, they they want their Uncle Joe to do it. They want their you know, their their cousin Billy to do it. You know, which is great. If you want to honor them, that is awesome. That is great. But to be the officiant, that's a, a big deal, you know. Um they're p- pretty much running the show. They're, they're, they're the right, ones. Right. The ceremony is, you know, when you think back, when you're celebrating your 10th anniversary or you're celebrating your 25th anniversary and you're going to think back, you or your wife going to think back um, about your wedding day, you don't want to think, oh, man, and then Cousin Billy messed up. Remember when, when, when Uncle Joe said that? Oh, my gosh. You don't, uh. want, you don't want that. You know, you want a professional who knows what he's doing, who's done it a few times, and, you know, and it's going to do it right. So when you're celebrating your 25th anniversary, you're going to think back to your wedding day and you're going to think, you know what? It was perfect from beginning to end. It was perfect. That's what you want to hear. That's what you want to think about. You don't want to think, oh, yeah. And then and then uh, cousin Billy, he dropped the rings. Oh, my gosh. You know, you don't want to think about that. You right. want to think about how how smooth it went. You know, and ceremonies are about, I don't know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes long. Uh, but it sets the tone of the rest of the day. If you have a ceremony where the guy is talking like this and he is, you know, reading from the super book, monotone, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. that's gonna blow the the mood. You know, everybody's like, oh wow, this is gonna be one of those weddings, huh? This is gonna be a boring wedding, yeah, huh? you know. Definitely, you want someone to be up there to who knows how to work a crowd. Um, who's been in front of people who has some kind of public speaking skill. Yeah, you need some, <laughs> yeah. some presence, yeah. Yeah, you know, and uh, and a little bit of humor works out great, you know, it sets the mood. You know, everybody's like, oh, okay, we're, we're here to have a good time. Woo, it's going to be a party, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So, you sure. know, uh, I think it's really important when you think about it to, um, although you want to honor Uncle Joe or Cousin Billy or whoever, I think you should get a professional to do the officiating Maybe have Uncle Joe do a reading if you yeah, want to honor. If that. you want to honor him, have him do a reading. You know, that's yeah, the, that way they feel part of it, right? But, but they're not. Right, uh, have, um, they don't have all that pressure. Not not only does that, but you know, you have Uncle Joe who's flying across country to be part of this wedding. How stressed out is he? How worried is he? How nervous is he going to be? Is he going to enjoy it, or is he going to be? Oh man, I hope I don't mess up. I hope I don't mess up. I hope I don't mess up. No, he wants you want him because he is a special person in your life. You want him to enjoy the ceremony, not be up on you know up front sweating and nervous and shaking. Yeah, that for he's sure. going to mess up. For you know? sure, I was at a wedding recently where they had one of their buddies do it, and he was just 
he was losing it. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was not having a good time. Right. You know, and then, you know, when they're celebrating their 10th anniversary, they're going to think back and, you know, they're like, oh, and then remember when he did this? Oh, I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he started laughing. I can't, you know, well, whatever the case may be. Well, speak, you know, speaking of laughing, uh, what funny story, though, can you share that won't get you into trouble, you know, by revealing the names of the innocent or guilty? <laughs> oh, I have a lot. <laughs> yeah, one of the PG ones, though. <laughs> okay, um, let me see. I'll, I'll I'll give you a couple short ones. Um, uh, I mispronounced the name. Oh, I said was... at the very end of the ceremony. I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together, give it up for Mr. and Mrs. But 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 but, and I said it. I, I mispronounced the last name. Oh yeah, that's and. I, but, I, Whenever I do the introductions, I always have to like triple check. How yeah, do you pronounce it? <laughs> right, and I, I mispronounced the last name, but they were good. With the thing. They they kind of laughed, and you know he knew it was a tough name to pronounce. The last name was really really hard to pronounce, so they knew it. They all clapped, and you know they kept on going. The crowd still put their hands together. Oh, they okay, yeah. So, so it, it turned out really good. You know, it's, it's we'll out. give you a pass on that one. Hard name, <laughs> hard name. <laughs> um, another situation was. Um, uh, I had a lapel mic. The groom had a lapel mic, um, and it was uh, a public wedding. It was outside, okay. And there was people walking their dogs, people flying kites, riding bikes. It was in an open park. Area, oh, okay. okay, public park. Yeah, yeah. the public park. And uh, they were about to do their their uh, their vows. Okay, that's the serious part. You right. Know? That's the important part. They're about to do the promises. You know, I promise to be the husband you always wanted. I promise to be the wife you always wanted, or whatever the case may be. So the groom, they had written their own vows. So the groom pulls out his little note card and starts to read his uh, his notes. And the bride goes, okay, stop, 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 just stop, just stop. And I'm telling you, Whoa. time froze. <laughs> Everybody turned. The people walking their dogs stopped. The people riding their bikes stopped. Everybody looked because it, everybody thought that she was going to stop the wedding. I started to freak out. I'm oh like, my. okay, what do I do? What do, how do I handle this? Improv it, improv it. But she was saying no. If you, because she was telling the groom, stop, because he was gonna about to cry. Oh. So she goes, if you start crying, I'm going to start crying, and I don't want to ruin my makeup. The <laughs> <laughs> no makeup. So, yeah, that was awesome. It's always about the makeup, yeah. <laughs> Good one. Well, thank you for joining us today to share what it's like to be a wedding efficient and uh, share some tips for picking one and always the great stories. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you for letting me be part of your show. I hope those that are listening... Uh, who are engaged, found some useful info for picking their efficient. And we'll be back right after this. And you're listening to Dancing Cowboy Radio on 1590 KLIV. This is Dancing Cowboy Radio, where Adam talks about country music, country weddings, and country dancing. For show notes and reminders, go to dancingcowboy.com slash radio. And now, let's get back to the show. Here's your host, Adam, the Dancing Cowboy. Welcome back to Dancing Cowboy Radio. For our last segment, we're going to talk about country dancing. And I figured a good way to start this segment is to tell my own story about uh, how I learned how to dance and the struggles I went through. Uh, the first time I tried to learn to dance, it was actually at Cheers in Sunnyvale, uh, back when it was an 18 and over club. I really enjoyed the music, and everyone seemed to be having a lot of fun, but... I learned one dance. I think I learned the watermelon crawl. And uh, I sat around waiting for the watermelon crawl to come back on again <laughs> all night. It was so sad. <laughs> um, so uh, I didn't really want to go back, but I didn't want to quit. So I learned how to dance uh, actually in college. I, I took a, a class five times in a row. 
<laughs> I took the same class, and it had a lot of line dancing, and it had some couples dancing, and and that's how I learned how to dance. Uh, so after taking it for five times, I was I was all right, and I always ended up teaching my friends how to dance at the clubs. You know, people would meet me and like, oh, show me how to dance, show me how to do this, and so I'd I'd do it on the side, no big deal, whatever. Um, and then I, I want to say in 2002, I started working at the radio station. And after a bit, uh, someone asked uh, my boss, it was uh, Jamie, they asked Jamie, do you know anyone who can teach line dancing at a fundraiser? And so there was, uh, there was my chance, my first paid gig. Uh, I think I got paid like 50 bucks to do it. And, uh, and it was a good time. And, and as you, they say, the, the rest is history there. Um, so with that said, I want to let you know that no matter what level you start at, you have to start somewhere. And, uh, and you can become, you know, pretty good. This, that's, I started out with two left feet and, and here I am today teaching people how to do it, you know, for money. With that said, no matter where you are in your country dancing talents at this point, you can become a good dancer. If you want to take some private lessons, you can skip the embarrassment of learning in public. We have private lessons that we teach by appointment. And you can find a link in our show notes uh, to sign up for some private lessons or just reach out to me and, and ask me any questions you might have about private lessons because that, that is definitely a great way to, to get yourself started. So today was a lot of fun. I want to thank local country artist Tori McGee for sharing and also Reverend Indiana Al for his tips on how to choose the right wedding minister for you. Remember, you can find all their contact info on our show notes at dancingcowboy.com slash radio and sign up for some reminders for next week's show. Next week, we're going to talk to Ryan Scripps, who just recently got married. That's pretty exciting. So thank you again and make it a great day. This is Dancing Cowboy Radio on 1590 KLIV. Thank you for listening to Dancing Cowboy Radio. To find show notes, show schedule, and links to all of our guests at dancingcowboy.com slash radio. That's dancingcowboy.com slash radio. This first episode is dedicated to my buddy Chris, who always dared me to dream. Rest in peace, my friend.